Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. Join us as we explore the latest in science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Charlotte Bastianza, Associate Editor. Hi, and welcome to another Vita Foods Insights podcast. I'm joined today by Marriott Abrahams, who's the founder of the personalized nutrition consultancy, Kina. She's also one of the contributors to our personalized nutrition report, which is available for download at vitafoodsinsights.com. Thanks for joining me, Marriott. Thank you. We're talking today about the power and downfall of data in delivering personalized health, which I think is really important to cover given the way the market is moving today. Data and technology is really the foundation of what we understand as personalized nutrition, but there are all sorts of implications to consider from the acquisition of this data, how it's stored, what we do with it, and of course, consumer privacy protection. So Mary, let's just start at the top with how the market has evolved thanks to data. How has, in your view, the market changed in recent years to deliver improved methods to extract the necessary information to deliver better personalization? And how has data really played a role here? Yeah, I think um, in the beginning, um, most of the solutions that were out there, uh, I would say quite simple. So uh, it's kind of using, you know, the data of, you you know, your height, your weight, your goals. Um, But then it moved on to um, integrating more complex data. So uh, using blood tests, for example, or using nutrigenetic data uh, to personalize that even more. So I think how it's evolved is that as people um, are, are more interested in their health and their nutrition uh, and they are, their awareness of how, you know, different approaches impact their own bodies, uh, uh, you know, and their response to particular, whether it's food or whether it's, you know, particular um, uh, physical activity, um, this has really driven um, consumers to share more of their data. Of course, more data means that the more you can personalize. So as we've moved on, uh, companies have been able to harness more of that information that consumers are willing to share, um, identify patterns, and then, you know, it's like a feedback loop, then being able to develop even better solutions by personalizing and analyzing those, that, that data even further. So, Marit, you mentioned that the market in its early days sort of started with just understanding very basic things like height, weight, and goals, and it's evolved. So, what are, I mean, not all personalized nutrition companies are after the same kind of information, but what to you are some of, you know, the key biomarkers that these nutrition companies are looking for now? And when it comes to the collection, whether that's taken place through questionnaires or in-person testing or biological collections, what advances do you see have been made over the years to make this as minimally invasive as possible to the consumer? You know, we're seeing the evolution of home test kits and things like that and, yeah. you know, single finger pricks instead of full blood samples. Um, so, you know, how is this collection evolved and what exactly do you see that nutrition companies are really after these days? Yeah, I mean, it... it- a lot of it's been driven by what is possible and what is accurate. Mm-hmm. So you can get, you know, a lot of testing uh, done, for example, which might not give you really an accurate picture um, of what's available. So, uh, or, or what what's substantiated by the scientific um, field, for example. So I would say that the the potential of having a home testing kit 
is great because people don't have to go into the clinic or a hospital to have their samples taken. So from a convenience point, it's really great. But then, of course, we need to make sure that those home testing kits are uh, in terms of quality and um, accuracy as reliable as the ones that we would use as a gold, you know, standard, golden standard, yes. uh, for actually uh, providing actionable information. And so that is where, because there's a very, um, uh, I would say not very strong regulation in terms of uh, these kind of lifestyle or wellness kits, for example, mm-hmm. um, we don't have very good information all, all the time about which um, home testing kits or which tools and uh, uh, um, uh, testing mechanisms are, are as reliable and as clinically validated um, in, in, in the kind of uh, practice setting. So from that point of view, I think it's really important. But in terms of the evolution, in terms of how companies have used this information, so we have very good examples of, uh, you know, People still need blood, uh, blood drawn at a, at a clinic, for example, um, and then others have a, a device. So yeah. it's evolved from just, you know, uh, what is already available and getting, you know, maybe a nurse to come out to your home and, and withdraw your blood to having your kit actually delivered to your home. So that's really, really evolved and that we didn't have like a few years ago. Since this podcast is related to Vita Foods Europe, It's the perfect time to interrupt and remind you that you can find all the information you need about the show at vitafoods.eu.com. Now back to Charlotte. Marriott, you're so involved in this field and, you know, you've mentioned things like sensors and wearables and things like that. Are there any sort of standout examples of companies that are doing something really innovative in terms of data collection and personalization, um, specifically around data? Is there any thing or any type of technology that's really standing out to you at the moment that really is encompassing what it means to to have personalized nutrition? Yeah, I mean, I think if we look at um, just in a different kind of areas, I would say, uh, if you look at uh, the microbiome, for example, so there's a lot of examples of companies that are providing these microbiome kits that have been, uh, you know, validated, they have good science, good science behind them. Um, and that can provide some kind of an indication of how you may respond um, in terms of your blood sugar levels. Then we have uh, companies that uh, provide, you know, these home testing kits in terms of bloods, uh, and then can provide personalized kind of nutritional supplement recommendation, or can provide you more with a uh, maybe maybe a meal plan in terms of what are the foods that would be most suitable to you uh, that, that matches your goals. Um, and I think, um, yeah, some of the other ones in terms of uh, shopping, for example, are also very interesting because I think one of the areas that was really, really um, lagging behind is how do you make the personalized nutrition actionable for people in their day-to-day lives? So yeah. you can have the best kind of, you know, data uh, and, you know, a very quick turnaround of your results, but how does that relate to your everyday life in terms of what you're going to eat for lunch and what you're going to eat for dinner. So I think that has really um, changed the field as well. It's become a lot more uh, consumer-centric. It's become a lot more realistic uh, in terms of understanding that, you know, people are not going to uh, cook a new recipe every single day of the week. That is just 
I think not going to happen unless you are incredibly dedicated and you have the time. But I think now that we understand more that people are more aware and they want more actionable information, they do want uh, information from testing, for example, that is very simple. Uh, it does not need to be complicated and they don't want to be overwhelmed with information. It needs to fit into their lifestyles really, really easily. And that is really um, what we see. So I think we, we have great examples in, in in every segment, I would say. Um, but yeah, even, uh, you know, we're seeing a, a surge in, in breathables, for example, and seeing how your body, uh, you know, individually responds to particular foods. Um, we do need a lot more, more scientific um, evidence for those. But, you know, it's really growing in terms of, what what we already had, which was very expensive and very research focused in the research arena and academic, uh, academic arena, to now becoming more um, consumer focused products. So, Maria, the data that we collect, and as much as it's evolved, I believe that you know it can tell us certain things about a person from their genetic data to these biomark measurements, but it can't essentially predict risk. And as you mentioned, it also can't the data itself can't provide us with clear cut answers as to you know what behavioral or habitual changes need to happen. Yeah. Um, and this is where I think personalized nutrition experts really step in to interpret that data and help it makes sense and actionable. So in your approach to personalized nutrition, how is data serving you? And um, where do you find that your service specifically fills in the missing gaps for the consumer? And in your view, where are the gaps missing in terms of industry interpretation, you know, where we need to be making things more actionable for the consumer? I think um, so in terms of my background as as more coming more from the healthcare professional side, I think that is where healthcare professionals can really um, contribute to the field yeah. because they have the ability to not only make sure that the information that is provided is accurate, they can also be kind of a, a focus point for, for consumers who want access to an expert and say, you know, uh, does this really apply to me? Um, mm-hmm. And so also making sure that the, the technology itself won't cause the behavior change. It, it doesn't enact the behavior change. You really still need to understand the human element and what you know causes that, that behavior change, which is really only done by another human. Yeah. Is that is is the conversational piece? Is the motivational piece? Is the uh, you know gathering the insights? Um, so technology is is only an enabler, but you really need healthcare professionals to be able to make that recommendation um, come to life. The other issue also is in terms of some of the solutions that have been developed, it's been developed from a specific lens, for example. So we need the healthcare professionals who come, you know, who see a wide variety of clients and customers and patients to make sure that these solutions are inclusive, that however they are developed, make sure that they cover a wide range uh, of consumer perspectives and consumer preferences and consumer needs. Um, and therefore, they need to be inclusive and they need to include a, a diverse perspective. So to, and that's really where the gap needs to be filled in terms of how the technology is developed and how that technology is then translated into actionable information um, through, uh, uh, through a healthcare professional. And I'm sure, you know, it really means that there's, uh, a need for the healthcare professionals to to work differently with technology so that it works alongside technology and we need the technology to understand 
the, um, the ability of healthcare professionals to be able to summarize that information and know what works best for that individual person. I think it's such an an exciting time to be in personalized nutrition because in in some ways we're so far developed now into this market and in many ways we're also really you know at the starting block and yeah. there are evidently really big opportunities for this market to grow and innovate in the future but um you know we we've spoken a lot about all of the the innovation that's sort of driving data but I think it is important that we look at some of the downfalls of data and as the industry and key players are still very much figuring things out for themselves where do you see some of the downfalls of data I imagine that consumer privacy protection is quite important you know we've implemented things like GDPR specifically for this reason and um, we've already spoken a little bit about the interpretation of this data leading to actions of concern so you know where do you see some of the gaps here? Yeah, I see uh, most, I mean, the, the biggest challenge is without a doubt um, privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also are very, very early on in terms of uh, the scientific validation of these solutions. So we have, you know, an idea of maybe a specific group, or we were very, very good at managing kind of medical nutrition information. But now we are dealing with a lot of, you know, consumers who, who can be healthy, essentially, um, and how do, how they respond to particular personalized nutrition recommendations. So we need a lot of um, uh, scientific uh, research still in the area of what information is the best information and what recommendation works the best for a particular individual. Uh, and we are really, really in the beginning stages of that. But, you know, what is out there already is really exciting and it shows the potential of what is possible in the future. Um, and I also see a lack of, uh, you know, interoperability because not everybody uh, can be good at everything. So you have some companies that are incredibly good at AI, others are very good at you know, machine learning, others are very good at asking the right questions, and others are very good at engagement because you cannot have good data if people don't enter the data. So if your solution is not, uh, you know, engaging, it's not fun, uh, you know, it's too laborious, then, you know, people are not going to be able to submit good data consistently. Um, and so, you know, it needs to be very uh, consumer centric. Um, but one of the other areas that is, is also kind of lacking, I guess, at the moment is we need a lot of digital literacy. And that has come up time and time again in terms of not only the healthcare uh, professionals who require digital um, health literacy in terms of what data is available and what solutions are available, but also on the consumer end, you know, there isn't uh, a textbook that helps you to find uh, and judge uh, whether a solution is a good solution or not. So it kind of more goes in terms of, well, you know, my friend uses that or my family member mentioned that at dinner time, but there isn't a good way for the average, you know, mainstream consumer to be able to validate whether a solution uh, is, is, is valid and is a good one or not. And so we really have a gap in terms of that as well. I think that's interesting, Maria, because validation is just the name of the game in this industry, whether that's in personalized nutrition or in any other market, really. Yeah. Consumers are just so educated these days and no one's falling for these old tricks of the past. So, you know, no market has a hope of surviving if they don't up their game and make sure that everything they do is validated through whatever Correct. form they decide to do that. And I also think you highlighting the interoperability thing is quite interesting 
because a lot of what we discuss in the personalized nutrition report that we're publishing is all about cross collaboration. You know, one company has the science, the other has the data. These collaborative efforts across the businesses are so important. And we see that with the big companies showing interest in the little ones and digital literacy. Absolutely. I think there's so far to go to get everybody onto the same page. But Marriott, are there any examples that you can highlight where you see developers or companies have actively targeted one of those areas? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's some good examples in terms of, uh, you know, interoperability. So they're making uh, maybe a personalized nutrition solution, uh, talk more with an electronic health records, you know, company, for example. So this kind of, I'm not technical, but I would say, you know, using open source data, using open data that available um, already. So companies and and public health organizations are starting to unlock these data sets. And therefore, once you start working towards a common framework where, you know, a solution can be slotted in um, wherever your, you know, expertise lies, that is definitely, you know, a way forward. I haven't seen that much of it, but I would say from an, from an API standpoint, the, the companies are starting to make sure that their solutions are, are interoperable. So what we just have now is the new organization um, for personalized nutrition that has just started out. Um, but and that would only be focused on personalized nutrition. But I think in terms of the, you know, the, the, um, the medical council, the nutrition um, organizations, they they will start to up their game in terms of making sure that, you know, they are still the ones that are going to be uh, uh, consulted um, and, and, and um, you know, be contacted in terms of, um, you know, what personalized nutrition is about, um, and how they can then educate, you know, consumers at mass in terms of, you know, what to look out for and how they can self-manage uh, in terms of their health. Um, as well. But digital literacy is definitely, it's it's in discussion right now, but we don't have any good guidelines or any frameworks at this stage to um, to up the game. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, Marriott. I think the industry is so committed to the future of consumer healthcare. So I have no doubt that in the coming years, these, these issues will be addressed. And as I mentioned, it's such an exciting time for personalized nutrition. We're learning something new every day and the industry just continues to, de- to deliver. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to the report.